1: Back again in the final frontier. Oh, look, I got a new buzz phrase Uh, for the Code 47 (laughs) podcast on the Secret Frenzy Night Podcasting Network. This is episode 117. I am your humble servant, Trek Lord of West Michigan, Charlie Carden, coming at you with two of my regular cohorts. That would be the trekker from the city of wind, where it's just as cold uh, out there as it is here in West Michigan. That would be Jen Watson. Jen, good morning.
2: Good morning.
1: And my guy down in the BH Benton Harbor, also hugging the lakeshore, Mr. Aaron Heminger. Aaron, good morning. Good morning. All right. So yeah, we are uh, on our way out of a deep freeze here in the Midwest. Uh, Numbers next week are supposed to be unseasonably warm, so that works for me. Uh, especially since I travel so extensively for for work. So that is all right. Um, We'll be back
2: up in the double digits. It'll be great.
1: (laughs) Ooh, man, I know. it's Positive
2: numbers.
1: (laughs) It practically feels like summertime. It's amazing. Um, But uh, we've done way more weather chat than we usually do on this show. That's usually what what Mm Oxford and I do on the main show because we're both old and old people like to talk about the weather. Um, (laughs) But uh, before we get the ball rolling, uh, quick summary, we are wrapping up our fantasy episode remakes of Star Trek the original series with our newly assembled fantasy cast. We're going to talk about season three, and then we're going to get into continue to talk about the fourth season of Star Trek Voyager. But first and foremost, you got to pay the bills by talking about the Secret Friends Unite uh, Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash Unite, you can actually give us a try for one week for free. Uh, and listen to fun, great content like the show uh, that I run called The Facts Geek Life. Jen has joined me many times. Aaron, we got to get you on board. We take a classic series, a season of that show, and then a, three or four episodes, and we break it down in a, in a fun and satirical way, um, a, as well as, you know, offerings uh, there by my partners, Todd Oxtra and Mark Karabin. Uh, We always like to give love to our top tier Patreons on the Friends with Benefits level, uh, Corey and HD, John Sedorf the awesome Phoenix Sisters Cosplay that have a great event coming up next weekend. They're virtual cons, so please tune in. Uh, Brendan Myers, the Asian Sith Mistress over on the Star Wars uh, side, and longtime friend of the show, Matthew Keel. Top-tier Patreons, our BFFs are Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, the Nias family of the Twin Cities, and friend of the show, and friend of yours and mine, Missy Merchant. So we are very grateful to all of you. Again, please visit patreon.com slash unite. Try us out for a Week and if you like what you hear, feel free to stick around. All right, well, uh, I scoured the uh, the interwebs, the, the digging deep, looking for news, and I didn't find anything. Jen, you are our, our news hound since you're actually involved in you know Star Trek journalism. Is there any story that I'm missing out on?
3: Um,
2: I don't think so.
1: Yeah, we're all just no, kind of, yeah. There was
2: uh, a yeah. there was the Trek Talks three talk right. uh, that was held on YouTube. There was a lot of really cool information there. Cool, uh, you can check that out on YouTube. Uh, just interviews with a lot of cast members, but nothing really new as far as like release dates or anything. We still don't know when Prodigy season two is coming out. Right. But um, yeah, I know it'll dis- be out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this I, one piece of news that Discovery. The first episode of season five is going to get a rollout at South by Southwest. Um, but that doesn't give cool. us. An, yeah, it does not give us an actual air date for, you know, the rest of us humans. So, oh, well.
3: Yeah. April.
2: April. We know it's April.
1: Yeah, know it's April. April will be here before you know it. And the weather could potentially be warmer. Uh, but oh, my God, we slipped back into talking about weather. Let's get the hell out of that. Uh, <laughs> and we'll move into the first segment of our show where we will be talking about, as I said, the third season of Star Trek, the original series uh, with our new fun fan cast. And I have one document. I've just kind of been pairing it backwards because I did all my first season picks and then two and then three. So I, I have at least deleted up that far, but I did leave my my casting picks be- b- below it because I knew eventually I would forget because, you know, old. Um, but uh, let, yeah, let's get it rolling. So season three, uh, just to paint the picture, this was the, hey, we can kill it if we try season uh, by NBC. They were like, we really want to get rid of this thing. We've tried to cancel it twice. Uh, hasn't worked out let's stick it friday nights at 10 p.m where nor no normal people which is funny because star trek fans would stay home on friday night at 10 p.m to watch star trek i know i would have in 1968 (laughs) um and that was finally the death knell and 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 they cut the budget dramatically uh which i will actually address in one of my episodes um that that is you know and the, the writing, it shows. Staff, yeah, it, it shows. shows. I think the, the writing staff changed. I know Gene Roddenberry had taken a big step back. There's a whole odyssey on on on, on quirks about season three, and and certainly feel free you guys to to jump in, uh, and then also to our listeners, hit us up over on threads or certainly on the Secret Friends Unite Discord uh, with your thoughts about season three and and what went wrong, and and of course the op, the the obvious answer, oh, how could they have fixed it? Well, they could have just stayed on the air. Um, and the famous story, and and Jen, you can elaborate. on uh, on this, or, or certainly Aaron as well, but it's my understanding in in the the aftermath of the cancellation, which happened spring early summer uh, of 1969, mere weeks before the moon landing or the faked moon landing, if you're one of those people. But we're we're not going to address that. The real moon landing, as far as I'm concerned, uh, was that a retabulation or a changing in a way that Nielsen ratings were looked at actually prove that this was the biggest hit that nbc had ever had yeah but by then hindsight is 2020 and Too there was late. nothing there was nothing they could do about it and then we limped our way into star trek the animated series which we will not be talking about again unless it comes up in the new segment that we're going to start next week uh because we we do have to we do have to honor the system uh if it ends up coming up but that's okay all right so let's get rolling <laughs> Um, I'm going to start to to my extreme right. I usually start to my extreme left. And I'm going to let Jen go first. Jen, what is your number one of two picks of episodes to be remade my in the third season?
2: Number, my number one pick is The Enterprise Incident. <gasps>
1: That's my number two pick. So we can talk about it together.
2: All right. But you go first
1: because um, no, it's yours.
2: I I like this. I think that it can definitely be improved by some more of the... Um, more of the updated technology and more updated costumes and everything. And some of the updated, um, what is it? Uh, I mean, it, it's feminist for its time because you have the, the female Romulan commander. Yeah. I thought she was great. I watched, awesome.
1: yeah. I watched it yesterday. So just to, just to be t- awesome. Yeah.
2: So I, but I would really like to, I don't think it needs a lot of updates. It's one of these. That's actually, it's a good episode. So unlike my second pick, um, this is the good episode that I'm picking, um, I'm, I'm curious that if our, I think our just, pick it, it's, is the same. <laughs> it's gonna go. Um, I think it can go in some really interesting places. It touches on some of the political stuff that's happening. Um, that is still somewhat relevant. Uh, I, 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 I just like this one. I think it would be a good one to, uh, see redone.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, this one did benefit greatly in 2006 uh, for the for the uh, 40th anniversary of the franchise, uh, having all the external opticals replaced. So we got... Yeah. Uh, we got some... Because originally it was the bastardization of the uh the Klingon d7 with Spock's throwaway line uh well intelligent because Scotty says oh my god that's a Klingon ship as they had veered into Romulan neutral zone and he's like well that wouldn't be around here and Spock- and it's like this is like this is painfully like we got the budget Spock oh yeah. well intelligence reports are now showing Romulans using Klingon design and I just took the palm of my hand and applied it to my forehead and said but you can yeah. do
2: something with that to to like explain that in a right. better way yeah. now and yeah. sort of deconstruct it and go into it and that's one of the things that strange new worlds um and discovery to some extent does really well yeah. is that it it dives into some of these like budgetary sort of yeah. gaffes right and it right. goes there's a reason for this
1: right right absolutely Absolutely. But in any way, you know, they did, at least at that time, you know, clean that up. But in the scene where the Enterprise is surrounded by three vessels, the third one is Ryman Bird of Prey, which was new. And I thought that that was totally mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and then even, you know, when the Enterprise escapes from the three ships, you, it was a beautiful shot uh, from Enterprise perspective, holding steady and just the background behind it disappearing very rapidly i thought that that was that was a nice yeah. accomplishment so uh aaron we've left you totally cold uh since <laughs> since since she and i are talking about the same episode do you have thoughts on that episode or did, did that not cross your horizon as you were doing uh- that?
0: Yeah, I I thought about it uh, uh, briefly but I, I moved on to some other content that okay. I, I
1: was to- to- totally fair um, what are some other thoughts I had about it yeah I, I did I did love the framework uh, between seeing the rhyming commander and Spock interact was fantastic mm-hmm. uh, Spock is just so he's just so incredibly unflappable just a reminder of what an incredible character it is and then what an incredible portrayal that leonard nimoy brought to it and you know spock has kind of turned into the batman of star trek it's like there's a lot of different. <laughs> no there's a lot of different spots batman of star trek i think i may have just found an early contender for the episode name um in so much that uh you know there's been a lot of people who have portrayed him and you can compare contrast you know michael keaton was my batman or you know christian bale was my batman or you know yada 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 um uh, to me you just kind of go back to the original i i I don't think there will ever be a true contender um for how you know leonard nimoy pulled this role off and i think he did it here in some ways uh, top five spock moments or interactions or scenes basically what how he executed things with this uh, yeah uh, i think ethan peck
2: is doing a great job oh i agree i agree he's amazing he's without a doubt
1: my number two uh i totally i totally agree um so and then don't forget all the uh people who played young spock in star trek 3 nobody ever gives them any regard i'm just kidding nobody really cares about (laughs) that Well, Aaron, uh, you know, let's move on just because, like I said, we we kind of we kind of put you in the back seat of this cab, and I apologize. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, so why don't you why don't you take your time and give us uh, our number one your number one pick while I put my tentative episode title into our flow? Go for it. What is your number one?
0: Okay. Well, I had to I had to think about this uh, for a long time, and uh, there was a lot of episodes I could pick. I I finally decided, you know what? Let's just have some fun, and I picked this episode purely for superficial reasons. So my number one pick for this uh, to see a remake would be uh, The Tholian Web.
3: Ooh. Oh,
2: that's my number two. Oh, nice. Oh, no, yes. no, that's not my number two. That was, oh, that was okay. almost my other number one. Oh, okay. okay. I thought we okay. were, we're gonna have another number one. Another because diagram. my number two was the bad episode. Okay, don't. My number two was my bad episode. So that was my other number one, so you
1: So you went good bad. I appreciate that. This will be fun. All right, Aaron, please.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Tholian web, I would I would love to see it by, you know, what I mean by, by uh, superficial reasons. You know, with all the technology and the CG that we have at our disposal, I would just love to see an update because the Tholians are such an interesting and unique crystal-based species. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the technology that y- they use, like the web itself. Uh, I mean, we've seen a little bit about uh, hinted at that in some older episodes. And Enterprise definitely took yeah, a run at it.
1: Definitely, uh, yeah
0: brought them back and they did a fantastic job, but I just wonder how much further can we push that now, now that it's 2024 and uh, really do some cool stuff with it visually and, and put the uh, put our cast picks and the strange new worlds uh, 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 cast really through their paces in a very difficult situation. Um, And, and again, you know, there's an argument to be made, you know, don't mess with perfection because it was an such an iconic episode, but I just think it would be really fun to kind of re-explore it and just see what we can do today.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So, all right. Well, I, I, I kind of glommed on to Jen's. Uh, so I'm going to save my second pick for the last, but we'll let Jen move forward with her second pick. If it's the same okay. one, then I'm just going to shut up for good after I'm done talking. But you go ahead.
2: <laughs> my my bad episode? Yeah. My horrible episode? Yes. Turnabout and
1: <laughs> Oh, I didn't even have the grumbas to go for that one. So yeah, so, take it on
2: when we discussed this in our good, bad episode, which I don't remember which number it was, but yeah. there was a lot of stuff that I brought up about how this would be so different if it was made today. Oh, and yeah. I think that it's, um, I think that you can take something really bad that did not go well and take elements of it and apply it to today. And I think that retcon, So the thing with this episode is you're not really retconning anything with it. Because in the episode itself, they point out that um, Janice Lester is not a good candidate for a captain. It has nothing to do with her gender.
3: Right. It's because
2: she's not mentally well. And I would love to see a modern take on addressing the fact that she needs help. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you, Paul Wesley's Kirk would be so much more... Empathetic? Empathetic and understanding and it's nothing against William Shatner. It's the writing of the time that put these words in his mouth that were so just anti-empathetic and just like, oh, it's too bad. She's a woman, blah, blah, blah. Right. I would really like to see a new modern take on how this episode addresses mental health and gender disparity and pointing mm-hmm. out that there are women captains at this time I just, I really want to see it remade and sort of, just sort of uh, redeemed, I guess, because it's so awful.
1: I, I, I absolutely love that. You are, you know, if you're right, if you could, because what a... You know what? A, what a what a fly stuck in amber this episode and was. And it's the last episode. And it's the last one. Yeah, it, it 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 has no feeling of the end of a series because it was uh, oh, and you guys are done. And I I mean you'd have to dig in. And again, I have a. It's uh, like oh, we have this yeah.
2: extra episode left over after yeah. the moon landing, and people are interested in space. Let's just throw this yeah, on the right. wall and see what happens. And it was just. It was right, bad. It right. was bad. It
1: was. It was. Yeah. It was definitely bad. And it was, you know, and not to, um, not to say, oh, this would have made all the difference in the world, but you really in the seventies, um, I owe a lot of my, you know, livelihood to to the women's lib movement because my parents got div- divorced in the late seventies. My mom was a was a stay at home mom that had, but with college degrees, so she was able to go out and snag a lower paying job as a sales assistant that she worked up into uh, in the nineteen eighties a great sales job that really actually paid for the house i live in because i live in the house i grew up in so um i owe a lot to women's lib but this episode didn't make me feel that in the 23rd century we didn't just say ah well screw it you know uh yeah yeah so it was um yeah it was but i, I am 100 simpatico with you about that i think that they could do a lot of really amazing things by yeah. turning this around so yeah good pick good pick i wish that my second pick was was anything noble like that but aaron you you get to go next and I'm, I'm gonna not
2: noble, I'm just upset. No,
1: I know, no, I, I think it could I think it could be something very noble. Yeah, it could formed in it the could. way that you described it, absolutely. So yeah. all right. Aaron, please.
0: Okay, so for uh, my second pick, um, this one um Kind of a, a controversial episode, and I, I'm not sure if it's something that we could necessarily approach easily today, but that's kind of why I want to see how we would handle it today. Uh, my, my pick would be Whom Gods Destroy.
1: Mm. Hmm. Yeah. okay
0: and uh, uh you know continuing on our uh batman of star trek theme it of course guest starred <laughs> yvonne craig oh. um as the orion slave or not orion slave girl but orion uh, uh i guess mental health patient in this particular instance right but um you know it it, it 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 the whole episode takes place in an insane asylum which in the world of star trek itself is an interesting concept because this is a society that's supposed to evolve to the point where you know they found cures to mental illness and right. physical illness and every sort of you know thing that's kind of have held us back in a lot of ways um, yeah. so it's kind of this weird paradox that here's this mental health facility well kind of mental health is you know insane asylum, right. sort of right just in the middle of nowhere with all these uh, uh, problem children that they put in a box and kind of scoot to the side and mm-hmm. you know and and it the story was told <clears throat> you know with the mentality at the time where there was just a different um, me- mental health was viewed through a different lens than it is today and right. it, it, it could, it was definitely held um, by our standards inappropriately in a lot of ways. And I think that's something that we could, I think there's a story to be told there, um, but there's a conversation to be had about it. You know, more of a conversation to be had about it today and about how they, these problems specifically interact with these characters, because it's not just a plot device. Um, you know, there's, there, it's so intricate and so, so nuanced in so many ways, what people go through on a regular basis, you know, including, you know, Myself and my own struggles with uh, uh, mental health. Sure. Um, I I would just really like to see us approach that and have more of a conversation about the realities of that situation.
1: Excellent. Very good. You guys are making me feel uh, pretty dumb because my last (laughs) pick is nothing that has any great social commentary, but it was just an episode that I've always really loved for kind of no good reason. Actually, my number one pick was Specter of the Gun. Um, because I found this to be one of the most egregious examples of, well, we don't have any money left, so let's go over to the Bonanza set. We'll take this wall and this <laughs> this uh, walkway and these five costumes and maybe this hitching post, and we'll make an episode that, again, much like back in the Enterprise incident where Spock says, well, you know, the Romulans are using the Klingon stuff now, that it's like, uh, you know, there's a line in this that says, well, Uh, you know kirk says well it's it's very patchwork and there's this wall here and blah 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 and spock or i believe it was spock maybe one of the other characters said well potentially this is all they really needed to build the setting and it's like they it's like the aliens i think it was the melcons uh were you know they the enterprise is flying through they say you guys are in our space uh this is you know an egregious disaster we're gonna have to enact a penance and then they dump uh, most of our cast, less Uhura. Oh, that means Uhura must have been running the ship. Uh, yeah. Or Sulu. or it, it, one, one was captain, one was first officer. So there you go. Uh, while our characters were gone. Um, because it was everybody but uh, down there on the planet. And then, then they had to act out the gunfight at the OK Corral. Now, uh, I'm a very big fan of Westerns. I was all through uh, you know, uh, grade school. Um, so maybe that's why this one kind of speaks to me. Uh, and I visited old tucson because we had some family friends who lived in tucson arizona when i was a kid so i've been there a couple of different times um so this one really resonated with me but why not go back and again i wouldn't say it's a fun episode since it involves you know a a life or death situation but it's a very star trek kind of episode aliens life or death situation our people have to figure out a way out of it that they don't get killed and ultimately it comes down to batman Solving this deal because it, it, at the end of it, you know, they go all the way through this and they you know, Chekhov ends up dying in a gunfight prior to the, the conclusion of the episode. If you're not familiar with the episode and Spock then figures out it's really because he thought everything was real and in his brain he had a doubt so the bullet could kill him. So Spock mind melds with everybody, which is great that between Enterprise and here, mind melding is like giving somebody a high five, where back in Enterprise, it was like, it's a very intimate act. And, and you know, it was even really dealt with uh, in, in a way of, of a type of psionic assault back then, where 100 years later, you know, it, it, it's dealt with. And I think that was actually dealt with in Enterprise, wasn't it, with the, in that four season three parter with, uh, was it, to, uh, to, to, not to Paul, to, to Pring. Who is the in the the Amok Time episode that was the one who presided over Spock's wedding? It was a younger version of T'Pel. T'Pel, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. That that the you know considering mind melding dirty was was a part of you know high command propaganda, and so hundred years later, it's a, it's <laughs> it's a nice normal plot device uh, that they used to to save our people. So so we could we could remake this episode, and then it wouldn't have to be. Well, there's only a part of a wall here, and half of a walkway, or half of a sidewalk, or something.
2: Or it could, because that's the conceit of the alien's... Mm. The but, plot. It could,
1: but it could still be a better half the wall. That's all I'm saying. It could.
2: <laughs> it could. But I also like this idea, because Strange New Worlds has done something already with um the Elysian Kingdom, yeah, yeah, yeah. with that whole, like, let's use the... Random Renaissance fair costumes that we have laying around, right. and they've turned it around to make like these are not just random Renaissance fair costumes laying around; they are gorgeous. Right? Like I've I've seen Laon's dress in person at Mission Chicago when they brought that in. Right, right. Um, and it was like. I don't know who this character is, but this is amazing, and mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a dream dress. But anyway, I'm getting off the topic. No, no, no. no. I just, no, no. I just, no.
1: You know what? I, I, could, I could absolutely uh, <laughs> see it either way. But again, the, the episode at, at its core, it's yeah. a great Star Trek premise, fits the bill, um, and then it's a great Star Trek solution, employing the Batman of Star Trek, Mister Spock. Now we now we've said that like three or four times, so it's definitely. he has got
2: pointy ears. It's so, oh, they're
1: they're just not they're they're on the side, not on the yeah, top. But just, yeah, yeah yes. it's okay. Big big eared Batman. That was that's a catchphrase over on a, uh, the Weekly Planet podcast, which is a podcast out of Australia that I'm a big fan of. I'm big eared Batman. Uh, <laughs> big eared Spock man. Which is that Spock? If you're familiar with Mad Magazine, he was frequently drawn that way, like Alfred E. Newman, who is the uh, Jen. I if I'm going over your head, let me know. Mad Magazine is more of a thing of my youth. I don't know. No, not so much. I'm
2: familiar. Okay, very good. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God.
1: Thank God. There's sometimes even doing these when I have younger guys on it, younger folks on here that I'm talking, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh. But anyway, um, yeah, I think I think that would be pretty cool. So, um, okay, so that is the end of TOS. Uh, and again, I know in in one of these prior segments we said do you think this is really going to happen? Is there any chance? You know, we know for a fact that Strange Things World's uh, season three is in production, uh, and reminded of which because we've had, you know, three, soon to be four cancellations off the Star Trek cruise, which April and I are going on uh, in a month, uh, because the show's in production. Frakes canceled, uh, Christina canceled, Celia canceled, which is such a bummer. I was really I, – I, she's one of the ones that I haven't met, and she just – It was interesting when I met Anson Mount at Mission Chicago, Jen, as you were saying, um, he it was so interesting because I don't know if it was the case, but he presented as someone who had not done this before and he looked terrified, but he was still very gracious. But my point in bringing it up is immediately to his left, well, excuse me, his right, my left, uh, was Celia. And she was doing the same thing. And again, she was total unknown. The show hadn't come on yet. I had certainly, but she was so... She was. She had. She had the total stage presence, talking, being.
2: Well, she's got a Broadway career, so she's done like stage doors and and meeting fans before. So, like, she would have that sort of poise also right so well
1: i i mean i wouldn't say that was universal yeah. because then you get somebody like william shatner who just just doesn't but he just doesn't care um he but yeah care. but there's um yeah so i was looking forward to that but anyway so Stranger strange anyway, to get back to my point strange new worlds yes. now in production we don't necessarily know how long that show is going to run the the new barometer uh for seasons in the old days it was seven now we know discovery is ending with five Could that mean that Strange New Worlds has five seasons in it? Who knows? Um, But then, yeah. I think
2: it'll go as long as the fans want it to go. I think Discovery was an experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was a successful experiment personally, but that's not a universal opinion, and I recognize that. That's true. So, you know, the polarization that Discovery brought on means that, you know, five is... Kind of where it needs to be, and I also yeah, think Discovery, great. you know, that timeline with Discovery and some of the characters are going to continue with the Starfleet Academy That's show. That's true.
1: That's true. Yeah, they did. They did. So yeah, that that I consider to be the greatest accomplishment Discovery, in yeah. my opinion, is that they did forge ahead because prequels, you know, I'll echo my partner Todd. Prequels can be very frustrating, and a lot in a lot of cases, they're they're just not the greatest for me.
2: With discovery, this first two seasons were burdened by the right. timeline, technology, tra-
1: yeah. and changing. and now they don't have to really worry about that. But but at any rate, I agree with you. Strange New Worlds is far less controversial in the way that you're discussing it as far as fan response.
2: Yeah. Everybody loves it. Unless you're talking about the musical episode, but... And I loved it, you didn't, we, and that's kind of the end of that. Like, know, anywhere, Other than that, yes, it's been yeah, sort exactly. of universally great.
1: Right, exactly. So you're right, it could go the distance. It could go seven, it could go longer. I, um, I think so. And after that ends, uh, you know, I think we all feel here uh, that there's a good chance that what we're talking about could come to fruition. We could take the characters who've already been cast. Uh, I'm sure none of our fan castings will mean anything at all. But, Probably. you know, they, they, they <laughs> could plug in some other actors and, and move forward with making you know by then the franchise will be over 60 years old and uh you know and i think it could be an instant success because again you're transitioning into characters that people are familiar with because of strange new worlds and some new faces and telling some stories that Potentially could be a mix of what we've discussed and then a mix of new episodes. And again, in the 10 season block, you could do, well, we're going to pick our, you know, it could be the same thing. Let's pick two from the old show. And then the other eight are other things that happened within that same time period, because the enterprise was getting into shit every week. Something was happening. So they, you know, so yeah, there's no doubt that.
2: Or they find ways of turning it around like they already did with, um, the last episode of the first season of strange new worlds where they basically remade, um, uh, what, it Bounce was about Bouncetare. Yeah. Yeah. They basically remade it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a twist. It's a twist on it right. that it, I mean, it even used like it the is? same lighting, and
1: it right. was cool. It was totally cool. all right. Gotcha, Aaron. Aaron, we've been dominating. Any final thoughts before we move on? <laughs> Sorry,
0: Aaron. Oh no, you're perfect. I I enjoy listening to you, so it's
1: all good. <laughs> well, that's a plus. So yeah, no. listening
2: to you too, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you.
1: <laughs> any, any any final thoughts before we depart from this and then uh, move on?
0: Uh, just, I, I agree with you. I'm excited to see where they uh, uh, go with uh, discovery in the in the future timeline. And I'm so sick to death of prequels. And yeah, I'm just excited to see things moving forward. I'm yeah. tired of looking back.
1: Right, right.
2: Bring, bring us, bring us legacy.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Bring us legacy. Star yeah. legacy. That is, yeah, that is something that they just can't get off their hands about, which just blows my mind because they they've given such a nice tee up to where that could go. So anyway. As those kind of as something about that develops, you know, you'll hear about it here. So, um, I feel like I talked about this in in the episodes leading up, but we are starting a new segment one that's going to run between now and when we get discovery in April. And it's called the Random Episode or the, the, the Random sewed uh, Several weeks ago, the, the four of us, your Code 47 team, uh, took a page from the Dungeons and Dragons world with the rolling a die to determine a random episode. I'm not gonna tell you which one we chose, uh, but it was easy. We took of the 12 series, which includes short tracks and includes the animated series. Uh, each, uh, you know, choose a series from that. And then choose a season from the amount of seasons it had, and then chose an episode from there, uh, completely at random with a little roller that we came up with. Um, So I'm excited to jump into that. So you're going to see in this first segment us doing a deep dive. Potentially right around the same time frame where we get really granular in a single episode, uh, talk through trivia about it, talk through our thoughts about it, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking forward to that. And again, with, you know, 850 plus episodes of Star Trek, it gives us lots you of opportunity. You never
2: know what you're going to you get. You
1: don't know. You might get an episode of Short Treks, in which case we talked very shortly about it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look forward to that in our next episode. Yeah. So, all okay. right. Moving into segment two, we are getting into the third episode. Slice of Star Trek Voyager with a crop of episodes that I absolutely adored we have a, a essentially a par- Oh, nice nice screen change there jen nice if you're watching on youtube J- jen just went click click clack and now she's now she's harry kim not bad <laughs> excuse <laughs> uh, me
2: i have i have two pips on my oh. uh well, wait s- over the side oh, i'm sorry
1: yeah. i'm sorry you have to leave the bridge then all right <laughs> bye <laughs> um but yeah we we kicked off with a uh with a three-parter uh and then we have we have a great uh, traditional two-part, though the three-part I described is kind of somewhat, somewhat spiritual. You might not consider it that. But anyway, I'm going to kick it off because uh, this is one of my absolute favorite episodes of Voyager because, again, it uh talks about uh you know it 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 does something that it's like oh look they finally did it um but i think it does it in a way that i that i think is awesome even with a guest star who is a a little iffy as a human being uh but still i think really delivered um in this so anyway episode 14 of the season is message in a bottle Uh, which was directed by Nancy Malone. Don't know that name, but I think she did a great job. Uh, Story is Rick Williams and teleplayed by Lisa Klink, who, again, a regular of the writing staff. Uh, This was the first episode in 1998, January of 1998. The Doctor's program is sent to an advanced Starfleet vessel via a vast ancient communications network, but he soon discovers that only he and the ship's own EMH, guest star, Andy Dick, who starred on News Radio at that time, which is a sitcom I loved uh, on NBC, uh, remained to fight against Romulans who have taken over the ship and are attempting to return to Romulan space with it. Holy crap! What didn't this episode have? Uh, it gave us Starfleet. Uh, it gave us the first Voyager uh, appearance of the great ds9 uniforms which you know you get a cavalcade of people saying well how come the they didn't start wearing those on voyager again it's like you know they what they
3: didn't know
1: well i mean yeah they didn't know they didn't know unless they got some pictures back later on but again you know what people on voyager have a lot more important things to worry about than their dumb dumb uniforms. Yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> um plus think about the enormous expense to recostume all of the consistent uh, regular cast and extras on Voyager. It would have been totally stupid, yeah.
0: well, not to mention the in-story resources of the replicator,
1: right. exactly. yeah, yeah right. exactly the, re- the replicator, which is a very limited resource on on Voyager, dictated by uh, how much, you know how much power they had. So, uh, but anyway, minor minutiae, uh, of course, I would say, you know, that those nice gray quilted shouldered with the colored uh, undershirt when I that is a nicer uniform, but you know what, who cares? Um but anyway, uh Andy Dick, uh who back in the 90s he was just quirky his behavior since then has I think pretty much gotten him canceled because I know I don't see him in anything anymore but he's just really a genuinely weird and unbalanced individual but uh what he did in this episode totally worked he and Bob Picardo and again really looking forward to seeing Bob Picardo again uh, on the cruise he's a fun and wonderful cool guy um But he absolutely shined in this episode. Um, You get uh, the, uh, as far as guest cast, we get Judson Scott, who was Kirk or Khan's lieutenant in Star Trek II, as the head Romulan. Um, uh, And then you get a great new ship, the Prometheus, multi-vector assault mode. The ship splits into three parts in battle. Uh, The ship is never really seen in action per se again, though I think we do see it in passing in, I think maybe even the last episode of Voyager, I don't think we ever see it uh, in DS9 if I'm not mistaken, but... Uh, this one's one of my absolute favorites, without a doubt, um, because it, it has uh, a lot of fun comedic moments and in the interchanges between uh, Andy Dick and Bob Picardo, and then uh, it codes out with a the button on the episode with Janeway, you know, 60,000 light years feels a lot closer today when the Doctor returns and says, Starfleet will never stop until they find a way to get you home, and I just just kind of choked you up a little bit. So, um, totally awesome episode, my God, but I, I think probably an early lead uh, for my favorite uh and also gives us an introduction uh to a villain which dominates this pack of episodes and then uh we do continue to see uh intermittently throughout the rest of the series so uh Aaron your take
0: yeah no it was a fun episode uh I really enjoyed uh seeing the uh, uh play back and forth between uh the doctor and the new EMH program played by Andy Dick that was a lot of fun um and and I was excited to see the uniforms. I was excited to hear uh, them talking about the Dominion. War. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. know, as, as a DS9 fan, that was exciting. Plus, you know, you're getting an idea of how, how the two episodes line up. You know, I tend to forget that these are happening co- concurrently. Right. Uh, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really nice uh, whenever you see the, the crossover. It, it gives the sense of it being such a more vast and bigger universe. And that was really exciting for me. Though I, I have to admit with this episode, I got a little bit of a scare as a viewer. Uh, because I got confused part of the way through, because I was like, "What are Romulans doing in the Delta Cauldron? I, I, I clearly had missed yeah. something, and I was like watching it, and I'm like, "Am I am I dumb?
1: What I don't under?" I,
0: I, I had to go back a couple times, like, "Wait, okay, yeah. wait, 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 wait."
1: Although, I- <laughs> although not, not the first Romulan we saw on Voyager, we did have. That episode in the first season mm-hmm. uh, where the needle yeah yeah exactly where the guy you know accidentally beamed through time and ended up on voyager and then they mm-hmm. had to send him back so um mm-hmm. but yeah it was, it's funny because voyager was a quote-unquote network tv show on the upn you know one of the one of the it's kind of sort of a networks back in the day and then ds9 was in syndication so there was definitely i i had a close friend of mine who definitely watched voyager but didn't really catch DS9 because it wasn't as readily accessible. It wasn't, hey, it's on Thursdays at night, you know, at 8 o'clock, and you can always check it in. When something is a syndication, it could be, oh, it's on, you know, uh Saturday night unless there's a basketball game and then it's on at three o'clock in the morning so you know there were a lot of people and then plus DS9 was just a very different show a lot of people didn't grab the vibe we're all huge fans but there are people out there who just didn't find it as as accessible where you know Voyager was uh, very much a a, you know a a spin-off a cousin of TNG with the ship and the people and the you know the alien of the week kind of thing happening. so but anyway so cool all right Jen
2: I like this episode. Um, I mean, the comedy is good. I also really like that this sort of starts Voyager's experimentation with serialization.
3: Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm.
2: Prior to this, you did have a lot of episode of the week, alien of the week, whatever of the week. And with this, when you have the doctor going and and going back to the Alpha Quadrant and bringing and, and letting Starfleet know that Voyager is, in fact, out there, then in the subsequent episodes, you have the letters from home coming in and you have people wondering about that and it's stuff that goes all the way through spoilers but like to the Pathfinder episodes later on in Voyager right, right, right. Um, which is great because all of that uh, really should have been instrumental in bringing them home uh, again spoilers but like it was it was bringing hope to Voyager and bringing them another tether to the Alpha Quadrant which I think that they needed in order for it to be more like you said erin um tied into the larger universe uh because they're not being touched by the dominion war or the new uniforms or anything else that's going on so i i liked that aspect of it to start tying everything together and of course the comedy is great seeing uh Picardo's comedy chops in action here are wonderful and the doctor getting to be a hero also for one of the first times uh starting that road of his program expanding further also like you've seen bits of it starting to happen already but um it's it's good it starts the character arcs um i i enjoy this one quite a lot
1: most def cool all right well with that why don't you take us through episode 15 jen I don't have the flow. Of- <laughs> oh, demoted back to Ensign. Uh, you just lost a one. pip. You bet. All right, uh, it, Aaron gets the, Aaron gets fifteen, or not? Aaron, you still with us, bud? Sorry. Yeah, I'm here.
0: Sorry, I, I I couldn't find my mouse. Okay, all right, here we go. Um, episode fifteen: Hunters. Uh, this is uh, directed by David David Livingston. Written by Jerry Tyler and debuted February 11th 1998. Letters from home and Starfleet Command get held up at a Hirogen relay station and Jane Roy sets course to retrieve it
1: dun, 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 dun. <laughs> all right wh- all right so yeah break down what do you think
0: yeah. no I really enjoyed this episode I love the introduction of the herogen. Uh, I'm a, I'm a really big herojin fan. I love uh, you know I'm I, I'm a I'm a predator fan. You know I love the predator <laughs> movies and the franchise and, oh, and well, these of guys are very da,
1: da, 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 dun. get to the chopper, yeah. get, oh, yeah. get to the shuttlecraft. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's there's just something about um you know the honor bound hunter code that I, I I really get into and I really enjoy these aliens. I i also you know I watch these episodes with my wife and every once in a while she has some interesting. Uh, 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 commentary on the episodes we're watching as she saw Hiroji, and she says, I don't understand why they're not called Panarins. And I'm like, Panarins, where did you get that from? She's like, Because their head looks like baked bread from Panarins. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh! Uh, You know what? That's that's close, but not close enough to get an episode name. So I want you to give my compliments to your wife. Um, Okay. Yeah, the Panarans. Oh my God! Yes. (laughs) So is that is that a pick two? So do I get a soup or a Caesar salad with that? Or yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right.
0: But yeah. Other than that, I really enjoyed the episode. I, I thought it was really good.
1: All right. Awesome. All right. Ensign, Jen, are you ready uh, to jump in? <laughs> you do
2: get a soup with it because 8472 is from fluidic space and they're basically
1: Oh, there you nice go. So what kind of soup? I'm thinking I like a nice bisque. No.
2: Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. that, that works. <laughs> uh, um, oh, hunters. Yeah. Uh, I swear I watched these this time.
1: Um, you said you did. Yeah. It's,
2: i did i did i did uh i don't really have much more to to say about it other than you know it's it's the herojin uh introduction i mean you have the starfleet um you have janeway assuming that they can just use this network like it's been abandoned Mm -hmm. uh so when everything gets held up you have uh you have that problem um And some of the messages are are, are missing too, right? So we right. don't have everyone
1: right. And that spins. What's nice yeah. is that does that does spin on to uh, in next episode. We'll talk about in the season finale uh, how that ends up being a factor because, like, oh, we've decoded it and da 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 da, and kind of what spins off from there. So yeah, um,
2: I liked the brief glimpses into the people that are being missed back home. Right. Like you don't, you don't have them talking a lot about the people that they have, um, that they've left behind. Right. You hear a little bit about it early on, you know, you know, Jamie had a fiance, Harry Kim had a girlfriend,
3: right.
1: um,
2: you, you know, Paris's dad.
1: Yeah. In uh, the Maquis, the, the Maquis was the a marquee. big, big part of this. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Because
1: yeah, it, it was, was, yeah. Cause this has taken place in yeah. season uh, six, so 6 of DS9 and in Season 5 uh, is when we... Get, season 6 is the Dominion War, but in Season 5 of DS9 is when Cardassia joined the Dominion and then they wiped out the Maquis immediately yeah. and so and then we had a we had a follow-on episode in ds9 with with eddington who was one of the surviving maquis rescuing a bunch of maquis people but then we saw just how dead everybody was but of course our voyager yeah. people wouldn't know that and then just yeah watching you know chakotay gets the news from one of his one of his associates who is in prison back there and then balana just and this sets up uh, her episode next season, where she's uh, the uh, what it was it extreme measures or something the one where she's extreme risk yeah where she's doing all the holodeck episode, or the Hol- episode. yeah holiday yeah where she's trying to uh, make herself feel something because she's so numb inside because of the yeah news. it's
2: it's these this run of episodes really is the stuff that sets up actual character arcs for Voyager right. and actual uh, growth and right. I I have a theory as to why this starts in season four. Um, and I think it's because it's the introduction of seven, right. and yeah. seven of nine as a character needs to have growth in order to work as a mm-hmm. concept. You can't bring a Borg drone on and not have her grow or change at all. Right. So by her anchoring the point of change and saying that characters have to change and grow, everyone else follows in that right. and has it's a catalyst character arcs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom and Bolana have already gotten together by this point right um they're starting to their their relationship is developing and it develops further from here i loved tom and Belana's moment in this episode where he's comforting her like he doesn't want to hear from home not really he kind of does but he doesn't right um and and him comforting her when she admits that everyone is dead like that moment between them was so touching
1: i like that Right. Very much. And it was great to get a glimpse. And, and it, it's kind of a, a short change that later in this episode, even when Tom and his father see each other face to face across the screen, they don't they don't interact. They never interact. But in this, we hear Tom saying, you know, I, I have such a life on Voyager that nothing back in back back home matters to me. Um, And it's amazing to 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 get that character insight into him because he's such a he's our first Starfleet character that's really you know not a great guy when we meet him but has this great voyage so to speak where he stumbles along the way but uh, but everyone yeah. does yeah
2: like everyone everyone gets redeemed right you know right. as 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 seven gets redeemed you know right. tom gets redeemed right. he's a completely different person by the end of the series so was so was everyone and you, know, for... you have a lot of critics of voyager who right. say that they don't right. grow and change but they do. It's right. there, right. and a lot of it is because they are a family. They've all that they've got
3: right to each right. other,
2: so they have to rely on each other, and that breeds sort of unconditional love among right. them. And I, I love I, it. Good. Yeah. Good. deal. Okay. Yeah, well, awesome. There's my insight. All right. There you go.
1: And now, now you're back. You're 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 maybe halfway back to getting that. Pick. Maybe we'll make you a lieutenant junior grade. Maybe we can give you half a of okay. that one. That all was right. good. So now you can be Tom Paris. So go get a red one of those. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, and then uh, Jen, you can have, now that your flow is up, right. you can have yeah. you can have episode sixteen.
2: Episode sixteen. Pray. Uh, directed by Alan Eastman, written by Brandon Braga, aired February 18th, 1998. Voyager rescues a Herogen survivor who tells them that a new kind of prey is on the loose.
1: Ooh, that's a, God, that sounds like a like thriller, you know, like uh, it's it sounds like that sounds like a pop song. A new kind of prey is on the loose. da dun 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 dun. That's these see this white man dancing over here. There you go. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah guest guest starring the incomparable Tony Todd, uh, who I've told the story before, but in 20, uh, maybe I think 2019, he stopped by our booth at Grand Rapids Comic Con when I was away doing something else, reeking of weed smoke, hit on my wife, sat in (laughs) the captain's (laughs) chair, took some pictures and then was gone. So I never got to see him. So that's, that is my, that's my secondhand smoke, Tony Todd experience. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Jen, what do you think? What do you think about the episode?
2: <clears throat> it's interesting that you have the Starfleet perspective of wanting to learn more. You know, Seven is basically saying, destroy this immediately. We know about this. We know we know that this is going to be a problem for
3: uh,
2: <clears throat> you, just as she did yeah. with Species 8472. So when you have right. 8472 and the Hirogen together, it's like you have to get rid of this. This is going to be a problem. Um, but you have the Starfleet curiosity and Janeway's curiosity specifically as a scientist who wants to learn more about what they're dealing with and that sort of coming into conflict here too. Um, so that, um, This is this is the one with the seven and Janeway.
1: Yeah, yeah, the big yeah, big, the the big throwdown, big it. thing, and at the end of yeah. it, yeah, seven gets, gets the the on whole the like
2: yeah. uh you you want me to evolve into an individual, but only as long as I agree with you,
1: right? So to follow right. rules and follow yeah follow yes. protocols, yeah, and she's so, like, I don't want to do that. Getting
2: that it's this episode, I keep thinking it's yeah. a mega directive that's that one, but yeah. it's this one, um, and that, I mean, that's growth for Seven and Seven just becoming who she is. I mean, she's a teenager, right? At yeah, this point, very much she's so. never gone through rem- being a child, being a teenager and and testing right. the boundaries and testing uh, rebellion and asserting herself. But the thing is, she's right. You know, right. I mean, I love Seven. I'm going to stand up for it. But Janeway's right too. Like they're both right. And that's right. one of the things that I like about some of these great Star Trek episodes is when you have two points of view that are in conflict but neither one is really wrong
1: right yeah Um, totally
2: so i i really like that about this episode as a as a seven and janeway kind of conflict and both of them growing from that
1: yeah yeah i totally agree Aaron
0: yeah i gotta say uh really enjoyed seeing candy man back on star trek again was oh, a lot no. of fun uh i am I'm, I'm becoming such a huge uh like i've always i've always liked tony todd yeah. but lately I, he's he's really just becoming one of my favorites uh you know he just recently was in the uh spider-man 2 game as the voices of venom Oh, i I, oh. I i just can't picture anybody else doing that character voice right. now it was, it was it was so profound and awesome his voice is incredible yeah um but I really love this episode. I really loved um, seeing his character and his determination and going up against uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, well, I know them as the undying, but you know, from playing Star Trek online, but since right. he's eight four, I can never remember the numbers. <laughs> eight,
1: eight, 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 four, seven, two, you got it. Eight,
0: eight, four, seven, two. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, that was a ton of fun. I, lo- I enjoyed seeing the conflict between uh, seven and Janeway. I got to say, I'm going to take Janeway's side on that argument. Uh, uh, as a kind of proposal because I kind of found myself agreeing with her more. I I, I love her optimism because at this point they don't know a lot about uh, Species 8472 Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was so open to the possibility that getting this creature home to its people could be an opportunity to open diplomatic relations. It's, it's such a leap of faith and it's the sort of thing you have to have when you're a captain. And I admire that mentality so much. And I kind of felt a little bit betrayed as Janeway did when uh, Seven of Nine, you know, circumvented the orders and had it beamed to the Hirogen and
1: yeah.
0: that whole thing. I was like, I was like, no, what a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It is,
2: but is Janeway projecting could be because she also that, wants to get her people
3: home
0: yeah that could be that could be but it's also you know that's a, that's the thing about starfleet though um a lot of it uh you know going into the unknown seeking new worlds is just a leap of faith you know it yeah. Is. And, and Jane, Jane Absolutely. is yeah and and janeway is just so good at that like that's that's one of her strengths as a captain is just the way she really encapsulates that concept Mm -hmm. most deaf awesome and her
2: having a scientist background is a huge part of that
1: yeah oh for sure so big time cool i like
2: that they don't forget that
1: yeah (laughs) yeah in this yeah and you're right she and she's our first captain who is a not a traditional uh well i guess picard not really not but both like cisco and kirk are very swashbuckling and i got a background on this and that and where picard's more the diplomat where she's a merger of hey i can be the action hero if i need to which we've seen very plainly in some episodes but also i'm thoughtful and scientific and i'm uh very you know methodical about how i you know do things and see things and it's one of the reasons that makes her such a great character i am in agreement mm-hmm. so all right well let's move along uh to an episode that also uh has a lot of crazy connotations i think retrospect is Oof. episode 17 uh jesus uh, salvador trevino was the director of mortal coil, which was the episode that we had on the watch party for the region last night. And we talked a little bit about his background. This is one of, uh, I think five episodes that he did for Voyager uh, tell played by Brian Fuller and Lisa clank story by Andrew Shepard price and Mark Gaberman from Feb of 98 uh, after experiencing Unsettling hallucinations or memories. Uh, Seven is hypnotized by the doctor, whose analysis reveals a traitor might have extracted Borg technology from Seven without her consent. Wow, there is a lot going on in this episode, and I can tell by the the pursing of Jen's lips that she has some very strong thoughts about this. Uh, which I'm not even going to waste time, and I'm going to kick it right to her. So, <laughs> Jen, take it away.
2: <gasps> this episode has so many unfortunate implications. Uh, I understand what they were going for mm-hmm. uh, mostly because on Delta Flyers, they had Lisa Clink come on to talk about what the sort of thought process was with this. Oh man, I should tune, um, I should
1: tune into that one. I think I missed it.
2: Yeah. It's so the, the idea that they had was they wanted to tell a story about uh, repressed memories being incorrect, which is something that Tuvok points out in right. the, in the briefing room when they're talking about this. Um, but, the fact that it's seven, who's the hot girl, mm-hmm. talking about being assaulted right. and violated, right? Uh, who, when she already has a history of being violated, right? Huge uh, history by the Borg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's her whole.
1: That's her whole past, thing. her whole yeah. trauma. Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: like, to bring this up again and then have it be incorrect.
1: Right. Yeah. I watched he, it with that, that kind of eye too. And particularly with this character in uh, his whole society being based on, well, if, you know, we're traitors. And if, if there's ever even the, the merest implication of impropriety, our my career would be done for good. So he, right. he, he can't even, you know, handle going through any kind of, legal he can't even be uh, accused. yeah he can't even be and then, accused and so he he flips out which is ultimately he you know he dies in the end because he overloads the ship engine or why i can't remember exactly what it is but he's trying he, to escape. he commit suicide over it yeah exactly I mean,
2: the, you call a spade a spade yeah. and the the biggest issue that i have with this is janeway's total flip mm-hmm. right to hear some of these words coming out of Janeway and, and to to come out of Kate Mulgrew specifically. I mean, I know she's only saying the words that she's, you know, she's the actress. She's Be, yeah, saying scripted. what's in the
3: script, right, right?
2: but the flip of no, this is wrong. You're incorrect. We have to go with this guy. I know he's kind of a jerk, but we have to uphold. It just, it boggles my mind. The implications that this has of, we don't pay attention to victims.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't listen to victims because if 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 the victim accuses someone of of assaulting them, then their life is going to be ruined. And we're going to put all of the onus on the victim to prove. I mean, it's just all of this, the unfortunate implications of this episode really bug me. No, I, I want you. to just I hear you. strike this episode from the record. And the thing is, the crazy thing is, if it had been something, if these repressed memories had happened to Tom Paris or Harry Kim Mm -hmm. or even, even, even to some extent, but Mm -hmm. like if it had happened to a a guy, Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm saying, not that I'm saying that this can't happen to a guy, but the implications would have been less um, damning.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: For the episode. Yeah. It was. Obviously the allegory would still be there Mm -hmm. because this does happen to men. I don't want to say that it doesn't, but overwhelmingly it's going to just, it's so problematic.
1: It's, it's very true. And, you know, and some would uh, counterpoint argument that an episode like this, because it's so problematic does really make you look at this kind of thing from a lot of different angles without a doubt. Um, But this outside of that tells a great kind of, Star Trek story that makes you grimace um, because you really don't know what the right answer is, you know, because were her memories correct, we never really find out. Could have been, should have been whatever it is you know you know that she was the
2: implication is that they're not
1: yeah yeah exactly correct but but ultimately i don't know that they ever i mean correct me if i'm wrong if they ever come to a really solidified conclusion that maybe there could have been some other wrinkle or whatever it is but the guy is so adamant about like well even if i'm accused my life is over and then he kills himself off and and it ends and we move on it's uh, the doctor's
2: also adamant about it by saying that it's you know, oh, well, this is absolutely correct. And it's like, it's not right necessarily like,
1: and then he the says, point, well, I was so colored by believing you that I, uh, that even I wasn't willing to be objective, I think was what, yeah, there's
2: so much. So much, everyone's just out of
1: character. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's It doesn't it, work. It's a, it's, it's a difficult just, one. It, it's a difficult one. So yeah I, yeah, I think the point counterpoint is, well, it, it really does make you think, but then again, maybe what it makes you think about is not something that is very comfortable or, or I I I I don't know. You're right. I just I we could pontificate. I about just this think forever. in the
2: wake of in the wake of movements like Me Too right. and more women stepping up and speaking about their experiences, we have to believe women and men when they talk about their experiences, um, and not put the onus on the victim. Right and just have it be fair. And I'm not saying that people don't just make stuff up sometimes. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. We never know. Right. And I mean, maybe that was the point of the episode to say that we don't actually know. Right. I don't think that was the point of it. That's my reading on it though. Yeah. So I'm uh, Aaron.
1: Yes, please.
2: Rambled enough. Hey, t-
1: t- <laughs> take it, yeah, Take it away from us, please. Uh,
0: uh, excellent. Excellent points. And and I got to say, I, I completely agree with everything that you're saying, but I do have, kind of a different perspective on this um, i'm coming at this from a slightly different angle to me yeah this was very topical because you know i'm i'm you know i'm very open about the fact that i'm very much into paranormal experiences mm-hmm. and research mm-hmm. and this is a major issue when it comes to like ufos and the alien abduction phenomenon yeah that is a major discussion to be had, because there's a lot of people who say that, um, the abduction experience itself is a manufacturer of, um, hypnotists, therapists going into the session with an agenda, you know? Yeah. And when they, when they go under the hip hypnotism, they're directing the memories and the experiences from, to reflect a certain angle or perspective. And that's why a lot of, um, witnesses and, and, uh, and, uh, experiencers of this, um, who have gone under hypnosis, we're kind of finding that their testimony, anything has less crest, less credibility. Um, uh, you know, unless, unless we have a tape of the session where we can see specifically what was said, it's like, did the therapist have a bias going into this? You know, did, did that, did they find a way to slant this? Did they word the questions in a certain way that it's, it altered their memories in some way. Cause a lot of people don't take hypnotism seriously. You know, they just kind of think it's a, Oh, kind of thing, but there's a legitimate, legitimate science to this. And it is yeah, possible.
3: Absolutely.
0: It is possible to obscure or alter memories if you don't know what you're doing. And in this situation, the doctor was trying this for the first time, Right. you know, expanding beyond his protocols and everything and trying something new. I don't think he was necessarily qualified uh, uh, to be attempting this experiment in the first yeah. place.
1: Yeah, 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 so, you're right. Yeah, I kind of angle it. I
2: think yeah. that was probably the actual intent of the episode mm-hmm. was to say that there's a problem with hypnosis and manufactured memories, and it is an interesting phenomenon that memories mm-hmm. can be manufactured. It's just that the content of those memories and the fact that it's happening to Seven of Nine
3: mm-hmm. is
2: what makes it yeah. problematic. Yeah, in- absolutely retrospect no yeah. pun intended oh yeah. what a
1: what a, <laughs> what a what a button in talking about this episode yeah. in a retrospect yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah and there's there's so much about the uh, uh, memories and the science of memories and how the brain works and everything that we're still right. just beginning to understand in a lot of ways you know right it, it's 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 interesting
2: i think yeah. it could have been pulled off better if it was either a different character or mm. a different situation where it wasn't an assault yeah i agree i agree just something else
1: right Mm -hmm. man oh man i love it i love the conversations good stuff so well thankfully i'm gonna i'm gonna grab this next one because it's a two-parter and and again it's one of my favorites but thank god there is a shift in tone uh between this and 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 kind of tilting this backwards into a more of an action focus but uh we get a uh well it wasn't even a sweeps two-parter because it was in march i'm like come on guys push it out to may get those ratings uh but episodes 18 and 19 are the killing Game. Uh, directed yes. by David Livingston and written by Braga and Minoski. so you got kind of the you got kind of the first string, the A Squad, doing these episodes, uh, and this aired in a single night, March the fourth of nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the heroogen have taken Voyager, and over a three week period, their implant devices uh, are being used against the crew, making them believe they are characters within the holodecks, being used for hunts. Uh, this says all set in World War II Europe, but that's not correct because there's the, we we do see other programs going on, including a Klingon simulation. Um, this was awesome, and we we get thrown right into it. Our cold open is uh, a a Klingon uh, fighting party uh and you know we're just oh it's just some regular klingon stuff going on you cut back and one of the klingons is janeway and so you're figuring out what the hell's going on and then there's a hirogen and he kills her or stabs her fairly she falls down and then he chirps in, and he said hollow one uh janeway's been injured Beam her to sick bay and then put her back in the other program or whatever and so then yeah it, it we kind of unfoil uh, the plot line from there. Uh, the only crew member that we run into who's not part of the simulations is Harry Kim, because it, <laughs> poor poor put upon Harry Kim. Oh my God. He is, you know, getting his, getting beaten up, but he's in charge of running the holodecks and making sure that everything's going on All the and kind of You know, punch him in the face here and there for whatever. Uh, And then of course the doctor who's in charge of keeping everybody alive and and is stuck in the holiday or stuck in sickbay. We get this uh, really cool World War II simulation which really dominates everything Um, and it's really the group uh, that we see in the small town in France is the Maquis. The Maquis were the French resistance in World War II. I Mm don't know a ton about it but I do know that. Uh, Janeway being the lead character. Uh, seven being, I think she's in French, her name is uh, Chantreuse Seven of Nine or something, I don't know there's a French saying <laughs> of it if you read the notes. She's singing, I'm not sure if that was Jerry Jerry Lynn's singing voice, but I feel like it was. Uh, like I, I think I read, that was like I, I read that somewhere upon a time. And you've got you, you have Chakotay and Tom are both army officers who are looking to connect with uh, with the French resistance in order to take their town because it's pivotal to moving on into Berlin and, and essentially ending the war in Europe. Um, so Really super cool you know eventually uh is seven because she gets injured uh the doctor is able to turn off her implant so she's able to go back into the program and then work from within and she's able to uh, do the same thing and affect Janeway so then the two of them can start working together but nobody everybody else still thinks they're part of the program but through this they're able to uh conquer their way out of the holodeck he got another uh great appearance the first of two appearances is actor uh by actor J. paul bomer is his name he appears as another nazi in enterprise uh in the season four opener he's the nazi who's holding archer uh prisoner in the back of uh that truck as they're as they're driving him away when he ends up in alternate history World War II Europe where the Nazis have conquered uh, half of North America. Um so I guess that's a tough one as a casting choice like hey you look like a Nazi buddy what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> poor guy he yeah, also he also does play uh seven's uh borg offspring in the episode I think it's one or one or yeah. drone drone one. or one I don't know I get the two confused but it's in the I think the beginning of season 6. Um this was what, what a rip roar and awesome cosplay related it's cosplay within because <laughs> they all get to, you know, they all get to do this dress up and, and such, you know, at the and, and at the end of it, we get a truce by which Janeway uh, gives an optronic data cord to the Herogen because their ultimate goal was to master holodeck technology or hologram technology so that their hunts can become virtual. Um, because the, the, the actual hunt is just kind of fracturing and destroying their society. Um, But that, of course, ends up having disastrous consequences on down the road when we get another (laughs) two-parter about the Hirogen in season seven. So, I absolutely love this episode. This was fun. I love World War II stuff. It was. I don't want to say it's topical at the time, um, but this because this was just before Saving Private Ryan came out, which was in the summer of 1998, as I recall. So, I guess 1998 was a great year for revisiting World War II. I guess because i know there was another movie called the thin red line which came out that same summer which i think uh starred uh, Travol- travolta was one of the actors and then i'm not sure who the star was because i haven't seen it since then but yeah totally killer episode loved it great great performances uh great uh you know and again the hirogen being a, a newer uh threat a newer race we get a little bit more perspective in fact that maybe they do have some goals as a species that aren't just totally awful so they're not so one-dimensional they're trying to find ways to maybe stop the killing and bring their society together i that that's part of this that i also really like so aaron
0: boy did i really enjoy this episode i i I love the way it just unapologetic Unapologetically drops you right in the middle of the action totally. at the start of the episode with no explanation or anything like that. That was so cool. I i was I, again, I was watching this one with my wife, and she was like, "Am I missing something? Did something happen in the last episode?" And I was like, "No, no, you're working with the same information I am. Yep, yep, this yep. is fine." I, I had to watch this one with her because she's big into historical costuming and stuff like Ooh. this, and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna love this." <laughs> so, so buckle up. <laughs> Yeah, so she, she had a lot to say about the costume. She loved that the way, the way they did everything and the way everything looked. Um, and I, at one point there, when we cut away and we see Harry Kim, uh, and the situation he's in, I, I paused the video and I turned to Jesse because she, she's, not that familiar with. She's a Star Trek fan, but she hasn't seen a lot of Voyagers, so she doesn't know a lot of the tropes and stuff that we, as you know, we know.
1: And I i, I so, love, that. I love that she's watching this with you because it's kind of increasing yeah. her education. So hey, look, look, <laughs> right? look at something good the show has also accomplished. I'm very happy about that. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so while I'm watching this, I said, "Look at this guy." As she looks at Harry Kim, I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "You see, he's an ensign," and she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "This guy's about to single-handedly save this entire ship." And at the end of the show, <laughs> no promotion. he's still, still going to be an ensign. And she's like, no. And I'm like, yes, this is Harry
1: Kim. It, Enjoy. It's so many <laughs> so
2: times that Harry Kim saves yeah. the ship.
1: And no, mm-hmm. everybody and- on every other show gets a promotion. <laughs> I swear. And never for Harry Kim. It's so, it just, I think it just became a punchline. It's a never ending punchline. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But beyond that, I loved it. I love the like the Indiana Jones vibe, but the whole episode yeah. and the, the World War Two stuff and the and the yeah. and all that, and then yeah. and then that great scene where where they blow up the, the the wall in the holodeck because the safety limiters are off, and yeah. it's like that's what the
1: safeties are for, yeah, right. And
0: yeah. and then they just start spilling into the ship, like all these holographic bad guys and, and you know Nazis and and um, the resistant fighters that spills into the hallways. I'm like, oh man,
1: this <laughs> thing is getting trash. This is awesome.
0: I love the whole episode. It was just so exciting and so much fun.
1: Best ever possible moment: Klingons killing Nazis. Just yes. I, just <laughs> give me just give me a nonstop gif of that happening. Yeah, because absolutely the, because your head Nazi guy, J, the J. Paul Bomer guy, who I was talking about, gets 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 uh, gets bat left at the end, and it was fantastic. Love very it. satisfying. Loved it. All right, Jen.
2: Again, I love this episode. It's a lot of fun. One of the things that I really like is the roles that everyone plays in this, and I think it's a really neat swap of. Janeway heading the actual Maquis, and you have Chakotay coming in and being as in, the as, military guy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like
2: it was great. What a neat swap! I loved that. Yeah, um, and I love their
1: interaction as they're they're uh, crawling through the Jeffries tube to get to the Klingon deck because they need to recruit them, and they're having this chat about you know he because he's still in character and he's like, well, I, you're right. a real can-do gal, and he's she's like, whoa, thanks, I guess, whatever, sure, you bet. Yeah. When, when it comes to my people, I'm a real can-do gal. It was just. I yeah. I thought it was adorable.
2: And and the the analogy of them suspecting that Seven is a Nazi sympathizer because right. you know, it, it it's her being Borg. So like yeah. it's the way that they translate that. Yeah. Um she did do her own singing for this. I just looked it Ooh, up. Oh, very also, nice. So I like that it. is confirmed. Yes. Um so uh, The way they worked Roxanne Dawson's pregnancy into this, so that she didn't have to hide behind a jacket or a console for this, like
1: I can tell that they
2: were having a lot of fun with it. The
1: Beverly Crusher, if you prefer that, hiding behind a chair. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. I do have a question though, and uh, I don't know if anyone's going to have an answer for it. Um, I'll try. Mm -hmm. But they they make Janeway a Klingon for the Klingon holodeck thing right they make neelix a klingon for the klingon holodeck thing why didn't they make neelix or, or tuvok human for the world war ii thing
1: that is an unanswerable question good pick yeah yeah no there's no logical observation reason. there's no logical reason i think the uh real world part of it is simply that uh people love klingons and it was uh yeah. it was it, it had, no it, and it had good FaceTime value to take yeah. our characters and put them because think about uh the uh, season five opener for DS Nine, the uh, Apocalypse Rising, or whatever it was, where all of those characters became Klingons. You know that was really it's cool. To see, Cisco is a Klingon, Odo is a Klingon. Yeah. So yeah, um, it, but yeah. It, lo- is, logically speaking, there's no reason uh, that what you're saying is correct. There's there's no explanation that I can think of.
2: Just alexian alexian writing down 1940s fans.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. Right. Is, is it possible the Herogen just didn't notice? could be it's possible
1: yeah could, yeah that's, it,
0: it, you know what that's a good point
1: yeah mm-hmm. because holodecks are it, it's kind of phony uh it, it, there, there's not a lot of really great rules just because you know a holodeck is such almost unbelievable technology that like you know basically you're in a room where you're on a treadmill and that's how you walk around and see things so you know and everything you see is an illusion so and the mm-hmm. clothes you're wearing can change and then change back or yeah it's just well, there's a lot of rules that are well, make it, any sense
0: you know, it's kind of like in, in uh, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, the classic TOS episode with the, you know, the the, the white in the on the right side and the black on the left side. You know, to to them, as as their species, it was such an astronomical difference. But Kirk, as an outsider looking at it, couldn't yeah. tell. Right. Like, he didn't notice. And right. I was wondering if that's a similar perspective as the said, so they right. didn't say anything and right. the doctor wouldn't be. volunteer.
1: Yeah, they really just wanted those that people there so they could hunt and kill them, so they don't necessarily True. care He's that much. True, It's probably not a yeah. big... Okay. it's like the ds9 uniforms once our people see uh that they change they're like you know what we don't care we're not gonna bother yeah so all right well let's wrap it up with episode 20 uh Aaron, i think it's your turn
0: okay episode 20 uh vis a uh this was written by jesus salvador trevino directed Mm. Are directed. I am so sorry. That's Jesus right. Salvador Trevino. Written by Robert Doherty. And this premiered on April eighth, nineteen ninety eight. And for the synopsis, an alien shuttle with a prototype propulsion system suddenly appears and requires assistance. Paris is a restless. It, Paris is restless and volunteers to help the pilot Seth repair the shuttle
1: with wacky <laughs> results.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say, I, I I thought this was a, a, a it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, it was great seeing um, uh, you know Tom again being the feature of of it and getting some insight into him and everything and everything that he went through. And I I, I enjoyed seeing him working on the Mustang. And everything. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a car. I'm not much of a car guy, but I do love those classic cars. It was kind of uh, interesting seeing him have that little conflict with the with the doctor about where him not showing up to sick bay, and he's being like, "Well, this is kind of like being in sick
1: bay," you know, talking about it, the, everything. The, the surgery he's doing on the carburetor or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then and then it ended up the carburetor ended up coming into play, you know, for the finale of the thing because he, he you know, it gave him this unique perspective when he was working on this this uh, alien engine um to to come up with the equivalent of a carburetor uh, uh to solve an uh, alien problem and i thought that that was really clever um the way that they did that and and the even the alien itself was really interesting it, the, the concept of this 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 kind of like like low-key body horror of their its ability to copy a host but then trap the host in the
1: Right body that yeah. has
0: distorted. Yeah, that was i'm like wow what a what a raw deal for the victim of that i mean you
1: yeah know? and there was a big switcheroo at the end because janeway's explaining in her captain's log well he managed to get back a face but the actual bad guy has the face of the person before that so i'm like I- i'm lost and then the goal is to go back yeah. to the go back and try to find the person whose face that actually belongs to and so right. you're kind of left like Okay. Well, yeah. evil is punished. Good deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. That. The, yeah. And that. That big twist at the end, with 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 uh, the the final uh, uh, switcheroo happened. I actually had to go back. And, okay. When did this happen? Yeah. I had to pause the episode and go
1: back and rewatch yeah. it again. I'm like, okay. All right. I see. How, okay. Now I get it. Now I get it. So how many mm-hmm. layers
2: deep does this Freaky Friday? I know. Cake go. This is your mm-hmm.
1: this is your seven layer burrito dip here of Star Trek. No yeah. doubt about it. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah. I. You know. I. I would say because. It's such a strong crop of episodes uh this this one didn't didn't really thrill me um but i do like tom paris and i do I, but some of it is painful like oh tom wouldn't do that he wouldn't drink on duty and be so rude to seven and then try to choke out the captain i mean it's just in some ways it was interesting to watch him be so out of character in some ways it was like i just i just don't want to see yeah. it because i like him so much so that that makes me kind of dislike it a little bit but i will say much to aaron's point uh it's a great uh, it's a great Star Trek episode in its bones because it's got a great alien concept, but ultimately predictable. Like, okay, well, you know, he's going to get back home again and this will all get resolved. Yeah. So it just, I, I didn't feel like this. It was it was kind of, you know, we talk a lot on, on SFU, Aksha and I, about stuff having no stakes and this just felt like a kind of a stakeless episode. This was a, this was a vegetarian episode. There was no steak. <laughs> Zuh. <laughs> so, all right, Jen. I...
2: I like Tom Paris, and I wish he got better episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of like you know what a lot. He of, has some
2: better episodes. There are yeah. some better episodes for yeah. him. Um, but um, this one did actually make my my top ten Tom Paris episodes list. It might have been number ten. Oh, okay. Uh, but I like that we have this insight into him and him working on the car. It's like God. Tom Paris is such a nerd. Yeah. Right. Like
1: perfect twentieth century nerd. Loving nerd stuff.
2: Right. It's like you know. It's like the Shakespeare scholar. These days. Right. Someone who's like, you know, this historical reenactor looking at, you know, 400 years ago and everything that would have been. You have to keep that in mind. Right. Like he's not this cool dude he's a nerd. Yeah. And I love that. And like he's, and he's, I, I say that in the highest complimentary way, because still, I mean, we're also all
1: nerds snags a cool chick. Who's also kind of a nerd right. because she's a Klingon warrior engineer, which is like, well, yeah, it's just, they're both. Kind I love of, her. Uh, I, yeah, I, kind of I, I, I love though.
2: them together. Yeah. And I, this is, it's not a bad episode. It's not a great episode. It's like a, it's a solid, like B, B episode. Like yeah. it's, it's there it's watchable it's voyager you know how it's gonna go um and it's it's kind of fun along the way
1: yeah that that is that is fair okay well let's start to wind this down uh we'll back to aaron aaron give us a favorite of the bench and a least favorite of the bunch
0: uh, without a doubt my favorite was the killing game that that had everything you know the the period costumes the full cast the erosion yeah you know just fantastic i had such a great time watching that episode it was a ton of fun
1: nice uh
0: for for a least favorite and and i'm sorry to do this to you tom i got your commemorative plate behind me on the me shelf too. and mine is signed but, i love it yeah uh, but uh vis-a-vis i i i it, it didn't do it for
1: me yeah i hear you i hear you jen
2: uh, favorite is also the Killing Game for all those same reasons. I I really like seeing everybody. I, the Deck episodes are great, and them kind of working through everything was was fun. Um, I like I like the Killing Game. Uh, least favorite is Retrospect. Um, for all the reasons that I've already established,
1: exactly correct. I can't disagree with you. Well, I'm gonna. While I did love the Killing Game, uh, I do notch up uh, Message in a Bottle a little bit higher just because I love the Alpha Quadrant touch. I love Bob Picardo, who after having spent some time with him in real life, really like him as a person and, and loved his portrayal in this. And I love how it started. Um, you know, the, the the role of everything not only with Herogens, but then uh, what what portrays throughout the rest of the series with being able to talk to home and all that kind of good stuff. And then least favorite um retrospect definitely made me think so uh, hard but it was tough to watch but I'm I'm as I just said with with visa V I'm with Aaron uh, it was kind of a stakeless episode um predictable and it's just like eh, like you said watchable but when when held up uh, to these other episodes this other great crop of episodes um just does not does not pull it off for me so yeah. all right okay well that's a wrap guys awesome. Uh, And I'm excited to jump in in our next episode and start doing the random episode. And again, we won't uh tease for that eventually if it takes off maybe if we ever get some good feedback from our listeners maybe we'll even let one of our patreons do the role for us who knows oh well, that would be fun yeah that would be totally awesome but we have our first i think each one of us picked one so we have the next four planned out um but when we get to the next one yeah i, I would be totally down uh with let, letting one of our esteemed patreons roll the dice for us but anyway um guys thanks for joining as always uh Aaron, where do people find you out there in the world
0: well um you can find uss rhapsody on facebook and youtube uh well we don't have anything on youtube yet but we got stuff in the works soon. and soon and we are on instagram and of course uh check me out at gbmi facebook and youtube as well
1: totally awesome jen what about you
2: i got a link tree it's uh, linktree.com slash jen watson art there you will find links to my facebook instagram etsy shop screen rant articles and a lot of other projects i've got a t-shirt shop on t public um by
3: stuff.
1: yes, I know. Same, <laughs> same thing with uh, with Secret Friends Unite. We also, and of course, listed in our notes, we do also have a tea public shop. Uh, every once in a while, somebody grabs something. But well, cool. Um, I yeah. uh can, of course, be found right here. Uh, but I'm uh, over on threads at uh, C3 Carpenter, spell it out, also on Instagram. Um, you And you can find me at the Secret Friends Unite Discord. That's where I spend a heck of a lot of my time. But my wife, April, and I do head up the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek fan club in the world. We are based here in West Michigan. but We have chapters all over Michigan, including my friend Aaron here down in Benton Harbor. Uh, but I also have the privilege of running Region 13 for SFI, which includes Michigan and Eastern Canada. Uh, if you're a trekker within the sound of my voice, please visit uh, sfi.org, USS Grand Petoskey, or our region 13 website which you can just google because it has a wordpress name and i'm not really good at that kind of stuff uh and reach out to us we would be very happy uh to get you connected with trekkers where you live so uh friends one more time thank you for joining us i'm gonna tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking be the star fleet you wish to see in the world
0: remember a thousand stars means a million maybes this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network